Attention! This makes absolutely no sense. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sanders Facts. That it is. Hello, everyone. Welcome in to the latest edition of the Xander's Facts Podcast. I am, of course, the aforementioned Xander, and welcome in to the most factual podcast in the world, episode 27, and the first week of August. Happy August, everybody. And to start off August, I promise you, we've got a big show. we got a big show every week, every Wednesday, Xander's Facts. But this week is very special because we've got a ton of stuff to talk about in sports, a little bit of politics, too. We're going to get into it. But first, remember, if you like the Xander's Facts podcast, if you want to support the facts, then click that follow button, download this episode, 27, rate the podcast, review the podcast, and then go on all the socials and like and follow and heart and subscribe, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And then, most importantly, if you don't do any of those things, go to all your friends and tell them about the Xander's Facts podcast, spreading the facts. That's right. Appreciate you all listening, actually listening, because if you weren't listening, you wouldn't know. Appreciate you listening. And remember to listen to any past episodes we've done, because you might want to, because Xander's Facts keeps building on each other. Like this week, we're going to talk about the U.S. men's national team in soccer, and we talked about that a couple weeks ago. So if you haven't listened to that, Go back and listen to that. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, go listen to last week's episode because this week... Here it comes! We're going to start off with a little bit of news. So Tuesday, August 3rd is when I'm recording this podcast. Comes out Wednesday, August 4th. But Tuesday, again, for some reason, was another big news day. Always Tuesdays, I think. But on this Tuesday, we had a ton of things. We had the New York Times reported that The FDA, Food and Drug Administration, plans to give Pfizer full approval for its COVID vaccine next month. We found out once again that your boy, Andrew Cuomo, he's not a good boy. He's a bad boy. Uh Uh-oh. And then we found out that the CDC, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, issued a new eviction moratorium in the U.S. We're going to talk about it. What is an eviction moratorium, Xander? I'm going to tell you what it is. So I don't even know how to spell that. Back to Saturday when it was July, the best month. The previous eviction moratorium that had been in place for the U.S. expired on Saturday, leaving millions of Americans across the country who were behind on their rent payments vulnerable to being evicted from the residencies. Yikes! The eviction moratorium said to landowners, if you live, even if you live in a house, but if you live in a condo or an apartment and you have a landlord, it, the eviction moratorium said they cannot evict you because of the pandemic. This started at the beginning of the pandemic and it expired Saturday, July 31st. And a bunch of people were freaking out. Oops! So the moratorium had been issued by the CDC, the previous one, and it had been challenged in court going up all the way to the Supreme Court. The CDC actually won in the Supreme Court in a 5-4 decision, as close as you can get, but the deciding justice, oh, ya boy, the beer drinker, Brett Kavanaugh, Gavi, noted that he he was the deciding justice. He noted that he only voted to not end the program 
because its expiration was only a few weeks away. This was at the beginning of July. And he said that for any future moratoriums to gain his approval, he would need congressional approval. So that led the president, your boy, Joe Biden, to ask Congress to extend the moratorium instead of the CDC because he didn't want to get sued again and then lose. Whoa. But Congress doesn't know what it's doing right now. Needs some ice for that sick burn. So they couldn't pass anything through. And then on Friday, last week, the House left town. They're gone. And they're gone for a long time because in August, Congress is usually not session. It's called the August recess and it happens every year. It's true! And the House is not scheduled to be in session until late September now. So unless they get called back, nothing's going to happen. So on Tuesday, after Democrats in Congress kept yelling at the White House and the White House kept yelling at the Congress, finally, the Biden administration announced a new extension to the moratorium through October 3rd that is more limited. This one only covers areas of the U.S. that are experiencing substantial and high spread of the coronavirus, which you can find on the CDC website that we linked last week. That's why I told you to go listen to last week's episode because we talked about COVID last week, and I linked the CDC COVID tracker because now the CDC is recommending that you need to wear a mask, even if you're vaccinated, if you live in a substantial or high-risk area. And you can find that out if you go to the CDC's website, which I have linked, hooray, in the description of last week's episode. And I linked it in this week's episode. So there you go. Sanders fix. Quit whining. So now, until October 3rd, nobody can be evicted. We'll see. Thanks goodness that's over. Because it's probably going to get sued. Last time it was by some group in, you know, Alabama, one of the greatest states and then the congress might have to do something about it because if the cdc keeps doing stuff and it keeps getting brought down by the courts that's not going to work and then people are going to get evicted because of COVID. it's not good terrible that's the eviction moratorium story another big story that's going on right now and then for a few weeks now we've been tracking the infrastructure bill that's been going through the senate in congress we've been telling you about it was like, this is what's in it, that's what's in it, that's what's in it. We talked about that, but now it needs to get passed. And as I said, the House is on their August recess, so they're not in session right now. So, hmm, because they tried to get it done last weekend. Tell me, tell me! Well, that didn't work. And meanwhile, the Senate, however, is still in session. So they're still ironing out the details of both the bills, the infrastructure bill, which is bipartisan, which has Republican support, and the reconciliation bill, which is a lot larger, because there's some Democrats who are a little whiny and don't like how much it is, even though a lot of stuff would get cut if they get to their point. So at this point, unless the House is called back somehow, some way, the bills may not be passed and signed in full until September. That was dumb. At the earliest, because right now the House is scheduled to be back in session late September like the 20s of September, so not even close. We're on August 3rd, 4th, like not even close. Sanders facts. So there you go. There's your politics for this week. Not too terribly great stuff. You. But we may not have a lot of politics to talk about in the next few weeks because as I said, Congress isn't going to be in session for this month. So we'll see. So what does this mean? We're going to have a lot of sports. Ugh. Oh, everyone loves sports. So let's start this 
big sports podcast with your boys in the U.S. men's national team because on Sunday night, they had another big game. And if you miss it again, well, I don't even know what to tell you because I think I even warned you about this a couple weeks ago. It's the Gold Cup. The CONCACAF Gold Cup is going on right now. That's not true. Well, actually, it's not going on right now because it's over and you might have missed it. So I'm going to tell you about it. Because, we mentioned it on the podcast a couple weeks ago, the U.S. is playing in the Gold Cup in July, and we mentioned that they're not bringing their best players, guys like, are you boys, Christian Pulisic, Weston McKinney, Giovanni Reyna, Tyler Adams, the best players on the U.S., they're not playing in the Gold Cup, because they are trying to get rested for their seasons in Europe, because they are, because the European club teams start their seasons in a few weeks now. And for World Cup qualifying in September, which we talked about a couple weeks ago, if you want to go listen to that, episode 24, I believe. And we're going to talk about it in a little bit. Because World Cup qualifying, U.S. is not going to make the same mistake they did last time. Yeah, okay. But that means that the U.S. is not bringing their A-team to the Gold Cup. In a tournament that some teams in North America, Central America, and the Caribbean are. That's what CONCACAF is. So, many proclaimed that the U.S. had only brought... At best, their B team, but probably their C team. So a lot of people were like, well, this is the U.S. B or C team. So, you know, whatever, because they want to let a lot of their other players rest, as I said. In fact, the only player to start both the Nations League and the Gold Cup finals was Kellen Acosta. The Nations League final, which was we talked about way back, back in June, was the game they played against Mexico in Denver, where they won, and they had their A-team, and Mexico's A-team, and oh, it got crazy, and people started making penalty kicks, and missing penalty kicks, and beer bottles were thrown on the field, and people started getting hit. I mean, U.S.-Mexico! You hate to see it. So that was the Nations League final, and this is the Gold Cup final. Both of these are CONCACAF, so CONCACAF, as I said, Central America, North America, and the Caribbean. That's the governing body of soccer. So it's kind of like the Euros, but the Euros are UEFA, and UEFA is Europe. And the Copa America, if you've heard of the Copa America, that is Comembol, which is South America. This is North America. So as I said, for the U.S., the only player to start both their finals this summer was Kellen Acosta. Two players starting on Sunday night, Reggie Cannon and Sebastian Legette, came off the bench in the Nations League Finals. So, in total, they had three players on the U.S. who started in that Nations League Final who were going to play in the Gold Cup Final. So, yeah, this was not their best team. In fact, the AP, Associated Press, their headline to recap the match described the U.S. squad as junior varsity. And compared to others... It probably was. There were seven U.S. men's national team players in the starting 11 that had single-digit international appearances. Another fact! Including their goalkeeper, Matt Turner. But admittedly, this U.S. squad was made up of young talent and a bunch of MLS players. Only two of the starting 11 play with clubs overseas, and the other nine play with MLS. And MLS does the March to November schedule, which is... Totally wonky from the rest of club soccer, which does August to May. Good to know. So the average age of the starting 11 for the U.S. was 24 years, 236 days. That is the youngest U.S. men's national team lineup ever in a Gold Cup final. They've 
been in 12 Gold Cup Finals, which is a record, just to let you know. And it's the second youngest lineup ever for the U.S. to put out in a final. The other one was the Nations League final in June. That was 24 years, 206 days. So this is a super young team, the U.S. And a lot of people, many soccer aficionados, did not expect the U.S. to make the Gold Cup final, let alone win it if they could. This squad was one that looked drastically different to the one they had that beat Mexico back in June in the Nations League final. So to get to this final, the U.S. finished atop its group. They won against Haiti, Martinique, if you know where that is, and Canada. And then in the quarterfinal, they beat Jamaica 1-0, they beat Qatar in the semifinal 1-0. Huh. And yes, if you're questioning why Qatar was in the CONCACAF, which is North America, Gold Cup, well, the answer is, of course, money. What? And then they got to the final. In fact, in the last three matches the U.S. played, all of them ended in 1-0 victories against Qatar, against Jamaica, and against Canada. And in fact, every match that the U.S. had played in in this Gold Cup ended in a 1-0 victory, except when they played Martinique, which is when they won 6-1. to one. True that! Meanwhile, their opponents in the final were a team that we all know well, Mexico. Mexico. Evil! So, hold on a second. Mexico didn't exactly bring their best players either. Right now, the Mexican U23 squad is currently playing in the Olympics, and several players who started in that Nations League final we're actually playing in Tokyo right now. And we're going to get to the Olympics in a second, too. Sater Sex, hold on. Yet, Mexico still had seven of its 11 starters Sunday night that started in the Nations League final start in the Gold Cup final. So they brought a much better team than the U.S. did. And while it wasn't their best, it was still head and shoulders above what the U.S. brought. And everyone thought so. Fight me. So for Mexico, after they drew Trinidad and Tobago to begin group play... They basically cruised. They won 3-0 against Guatemala, 1-0 against El Salvador in the group stage. They beat Honduras in the quarterfinal 3-0, and then they beat Canada in the semifinal 2-1. So then that brought up this big matchup between the U.S. and Mexico once again. So this match was actually played at Allegiant Stadium, which is in Las Vegas. It's the new home of the Raiders. It became the first time... The U.S. played a senior national team match in the state of Nevada. How about that? It was the largest crowd in the stadium's history because they didn't have any fans for the Raiders last season. It was decidedly pro-Mexican, and that's what's going to happen because you've got a lot of Mexican national team fans in the U.S., especially in the areas that are close to Mexico. And that's why the U.S. usually likes to put games against Mexico in places like Columbus and Portland, Oregon, so that they can actually have U.S. fans. But this is CONCACAF, so CONCACAF can put it wherever they want. So they put it in Las Vegas, and you got the Mexican fans outnumbering the U.S. fans 10 to 1, and that's what happened. Getting to the match. In the first half, things weren't looking well for the U.S. They were not. Mexico, they just looked a lot more dominant than the U.S. They got a lot more chances. They had a huge possession advantage. It looked like every time... The U.S. tried to do something. They turned it over. They fouled somebody. It was a mess. They did get a couple chances, though, especially from Paul Areola, who was their captain, and who's on 
your boys at DC United. That's Xander's team in the MLS. Here we go. He had a couple chances, but nobody capitalized. So into the second half, by the hour mark of the second half, the tide had basically turned and the U.S. actually looked a lot more formidable. They looked like a better team. And as the game drew on, the Mexican crowd, they kept growing silent while the U.S. kept gaining momentum. And they're getting more and more chances as it went on. But no one put the ball in the back of the net. And Mexico had a lot of chances too. So after 90 minutes, no one scored. And they went to extra time. And each team in extra time got a yellow card. However, it was the second yellow card that was given in the 117th minute to Mexico that gave the U.S. a chance. That foul set up a free kick for the U.S. Kellen Acosta, who, as we said, was the only player to start both the Nations League and the Gold Cup Finals, he took it. So Acosta, he crossed the ball to the center of the goal box, which is the box right in front of the goal, right to Miles Robinson. He outran all the Mexican defenders. He had a ton of Mexican defenders around him. Headed the ball just past the Mexican goalkeeper. It's a goal for the U.S. They score in the 117th minute, 1-0. Congratulations. And just like that, the U.S. had done what few, including maybe me, thought was possible just a few weeks ago. They won the Gold Cup final against Mexico with a young, inexperienced C-team squad. Some people call them C. B minus, maybe. And Mexico probably bought their A minus team. I'll say that. So there you go. It was the seventh time that this U.S. men's national team has won the Gold Cup final. That puts them second only to Mexico. Mexico has eight. It's also the ninth straight win for the U.S. men's national team. It's the second longest. They got 12 wins from June 2nd to August 14th in 2013. And we'll see what they can do in their next few games. We'll talk about that in a second. And it also became the second time in a span of just two months that the U.S. defeated Mexico in a cup final. Before that, they had not done that in 14 years. Too many facts. So, I mean, there you go. And plus, it was a good birthday present for the manager of the U.S., Greg Berhalter, ya boy! GGG! Because he turned 49 on Saturday. And the U.S. gave him a win. Oh. In like the final hour. Because they kicked off that game at 9 o'clock. And it was on until like midnight because they went to extra time. Ugh. It was terrible. East Coast life. So sad. So, next, for this U.S. team, they play in the World Cup qualifiers. As we talked about a couple weeks ago. But September 2nd is when it kicks off. They face El Salvador And what's going to be a home game in El Salvador, however, it's going to be played in the U.S. because of COVID restrictions in El Salvador. And then on September 5th in Nashville, the U.S. will play Canada. And then they go on the road to face Honduras on September 8th. And a couple weeks ago, episode 24, we talked about CONCACAS World Cup qualifiers and how they've got this octagon, hexagonal format. I don't even know what it is for the World Cup qualifiers to see who's going to get in the World Cup from North America. It's going to be the U.S. Book it. it. Xander's fact. Put your money on it somewhere. I don't even know. It's going to happen this year. They're not going to do a Trinidad and Tobago this year, okay? That's not going to happen. That's cool. We'll see. They've got nine straight wins. Can they get to 12 if they beat El Salvador, Canada, and Honduras? 
Yeah. It's the truth. U.S. men's national team. Another big win for the U.S. Xander's facts. Now that we've got soccer out of our system, let's go to more soccer. But this time in the Olympics. Who? So tell me, what happened to the U.S. women's national team? Because they have been known for decades to have been a better team at their sport than the U.S. men's national team has. And that has been true. They are defending World Cup champions. However, in the Olympics, they haven't been doing so well. So as I said, Mexico had their U23 team at the Olympics for soccer for men's. However, for women's, they put their top national teams out for soccer. Because I don't even know what's going on with the Olympics this year. Because usually, the U.S. would probably be in the Olympics. But they have the Gold Cup this year, so I guess they put all their energy on the Gold Cup and instead didn't qualify for the Olympics. I don't know. However, the women are in Tokyo, which is where the Olympics are going on. And we're getting into that in a second. However, they didn't start out so well. Their first game in the group stage, they played Sweden. They got blown out the doors. What do you say? 3-0. They didn't score a single goal to Sweden. However, in the next game, they played New Zealand. They won 6-1. It it looked like the team had gotten back together. Not so much. Because then they drew Australia, and that didn't look good. And then in the quarterfinals, they beat the Netherlands, but they had to do it in penalties. And that was the rematch of the 2019 World Cup final. But then in the semifinals, they play Canada. They had to go all the way to Tokyo to play Canada. True-true. And they lost to Canada. Oh, my God please well actually it was on a penalty and their goalie had gotten injured earlier so uh, whatever but for, they lost okay so the women's squad actually finishes up in tokyo on thursday morning they play in the third place game against australia with the bronze on the line that game if you want to watch it is at 4 a.m eastern time oh my gosh see I haven't been paying too much attention to the Olympics, and I haven't been talking about it a lot recently, because everything that's on is not live, unless you want to stay up until 10 p.m., or you're up at 3 a.m. Like, those are the only times the Olympics are on live right now. That's the issue. Plus, Sater's got other things to worry about. That's blasphemy! So, like, not being up at 4 a.m. for a bronze medal match. Not gonna do that. And then the gold medal match for the women takes place at 10 p.m. Thursday, Sweden takes on Canada. And then for the men, Brazil faces off against Spain in the gold medal match. That game is Saturday, 7.30 a.m., so that's a little better. And then for the bronze, Mexico plays Japan Friday at 7 a.m. Like, that's kind of better. Not 4 a.m., 7 a.m. is fine. Man, that was rough. So, now that we're done with soccer, let's go to everyone's favorite sport oh you know it i know it it's golf Duh. and this last week golf took an exciting turn because your boy our boy everybody's boy did quite well throughout the weekend last weekend was the olympic golf tournament and your boy xander shuffley decided to have a round or four rounds because he was rolling so playing for the u.s team Xander Shoffley had one of his best weekends of golf in a while. He shot an 8-under par 63 in the second round to take the lead, and he didn't give it up. His lead widened up to three strokes in the third round on Saturday, 
and it was pretty close all weekend. And it actually took a pretty clutch shot on the 18th hole in the final round to get it done. Because yes, ya boy, Xander Shoffley, one gold, reppin' the Xander name. Cool facts, bro. I mean, come on, how about that? He won gold, silver was won by Slovakia's Rory Sabatini, who was only one shot back of Shoffley. Shoffley was at 18 under par, Sabatini was at 17 under par. And then they had seven players tie for third at 15 under. So what are you going to do? You got to award the bronze. So they had a playoff and they went to four rounds in the playoff. However, in the fourth round, Taiwan's CT Pond was able to win it. He took the bronze. But the U.S. got gold. Our boys, Andrew Shoffley. I mean, he didn't win any of the majors, which I predicted him to. And then the Olympics, which I don't care about. Well, I do care about it now because Andrew Shoffley won. He won it. There you go. Sanders facts. I told you all to not bet against Xander Shoffley, and you probably did. Xander warned you! And it probably didn't work. So, what else is going on at the Olympics right now? Because what is the medal count looking like? If you're not paying attention, kind of like Xander. Well, as of Tuesday afternoon, before Wednesday, I guess, got started in Japan, the U.S. led in the total medal count. They had 73 medals to China's 69. Nice. The U.S., once again, leads in the total medal count. Get to that in a second. However... China has 32 gold medals compared to the U.S.'s 24. In 2016, which was in the last Olympics were held in Rio, China had 70 total medals and 26 gold medals, and they've already got 32. Yikes. However, there are still a bunch to be handed out, especially in track and field, which is one of the U.S. best sports. They kind of let down by gymnastics, but that, I'm not going to get into that because Simone Biles... Had to do what she had to do. That's all good. It's a fact. So you know what? I think the U.S. is still going to win it, though. Because they have held the top spot in total medals in the Summer Olympics since 1996. Every Olympics dating back to 1996, the U.S. has won in the total medal race. And they have gotten the most gold medals since 2012. China got it in 2008, where they were at home. So I guess they were probably cheating at home. Just like Russia did. Russia can't compete in the Olympics because they were cheating, doping, roids, drugs, all that stuff. Russia are bad boys. So now the athletes who didn't commit to those felonies are under, are playing. They're under the ROC, which is Russia Olympic Committee or something. Nice try, buddy. So they still get to play and they're doing pretty well, but it's, not technically under the Russian name. I just had to get that out of my chest. So, for the U.S. this year, leading the way has, of course, been swimming. Uh, one of the best sports for the U.S. They've got 11 golds, 30 total medals in swimming. And as I said, track and field is going to be another big performer because in 2016, they took home 32 medals total. And they've only got 11 right now because track and field just started and it's still going on. And they've got Sunday is the closing ceremonies. So we've only got a few days left, but track and field's still going on, and the U.S. is going to get those medals. Get the gold! All right. How'd that go? Last sport here for the Olympics. Let's talk about basketball. We're about to get into some big basketball stuff, but for the Olympics, they had a couple new sports this year. One of them was skateboarding, which I watched. One of them was baseball, because Japan is all into baseball, and another one was three-on-three basketball. If you've ever seen, like, the big three... 
which is Ice Cube's League on the TV, then you know what I'm talking about. What? It's literally three-on-three basketball, and it's a new Olympic sport this year. And so the U.S. did not have a team in the men's tournament. However, they did have a team for the women's tournament. And the women cruised, and they won the gold. They beat Russia, or not technically Russia, sorry, the ROC, 18-15 to 15 in the gold medal game. And in the men's tournament, your boys in Latvia, they won the gold. They beat Russia. Whoops. Or sorry, ROC, 18-15 to 15 in the gold medal game. So in regular basketball, which is probably where you thought I was going first off, the women have had an easy time in the group stage. That's all, that's all they've done right now. They defeated Nigeria, Japan, and France, and they play Australia in the quarterfinals on Wednesday at 12.40 a.m. So chances are, unless you're listening to this podcast at 2 a.m. on Wednesday morning, then they've already played and something happened, and I don't know. Xander might be sounding stupid for saying they had an easy time. But for the men, the road has been much more difficult, even though, I mean, the talent level isn't even close. I mean, it's the top NBA talent right now for the U.S. And they're not getting it done. After struggling in the tune-up games before the Olympics, you might have heard, before the Olympics, they were playing these warm-up games and they kept losing. In the first game of the group stage of the Olympics, they lost to France. Too bad. I can't name a single player on the French team. After that, they did bounce back. They destroyed Iran. They beat the Czech Republic too. And on Tuesday morning in the knockouts, they started out slow. They were going against Spain. Spain's a pretty good team. But they came back in the second half. They won 95-81 to 81 in the quarterfinals. So they're going on to the semifinals where they're going to play Australia Thursday morning. Get ready. 12.15 a.m. Who's having a party? 12.15 a.m. Xander's Facts. I, if you're on the West Coast, that's 9.15 p.m. So, I mean, West Coast Xander's Facts listeners having a party. Something's going on with that team, though, because... Kevin Durant's the best player on that team. Apparently, he hasn't been doing so well. They've got, I mean, Devin Booker, Chris Middleton. They've got guys who were just on, who were just in the finals. And then right after the finals, flew over to Tokyo. So those players are probably exhausted. But for the other players, I mean, I don't know. And as I said, for the Olympics, that started a week and a half ago. And the closing ceremonies take place on Sunday. And if you haven't seen it, I don't blame you. Apparently, the ratings are way down, and that might just be the time difference. I mean, yeah, the time difference from Rio in 2016, which is like an hour ahead, which is nothing, to Tokyo, which is 13 hours ahead of the U.S., you know. Like, it's, I'm recording this Tuesday night, it's Wednesday morning there. That, like, that presents an issue in and of itself. Because all the events that are live are while we sleep. The truth lies here that's probably the issue well that's probably why and covid too because a lot of the stadiums there in tokyo are empty because they're dealing with covid and as bad as we're dealing with covid they might be dealing with it worse because their vaccination rate is actually lower than ours so they're not doing so well there's a ton of issues i mean they barely got these games off they thought they might have had to cancel the games a couple days before they started oops We'll see. Xander's Facts. That's the Olympics going for gold this week on Xander's Facts. But we've got one more thing to talk about here, and it does have to do, segue, in with basketball. Stinger. In the NBA, because 
the NBA season's over. Sandra, what are you talking about? The NBA season's over. What are you talking about? Because they just had the draft last week. Kate Cunningham, your boy, went number one of the Pistons as I said would happen, I think. Well, I said it would happen. I don't know if I said it on this podcast, but I thought it was going to happen. Yeah, okay. And then on Monday of this week, free agency began. Oh, free agency, one of the greatest times of the year on the NBA calendar because everybody goes bonkers. Players go to crazy teams. Crazy players go to sane teams all over the place. And that's what's consumed most of NBA news in these last few days has been the beginning of free agency instead of the draft, which I barely talked about. Overrated. So free agency, as it does every year, it brought a lot of excitement and a ton of moves across the league. So this year, there may there isn't as many big names as there have been, especially in recent years. However, there have been a bunch of moves that teams hope is going to put them in contention. They hope is going to help them. We'll see about that. But the biggest names that were out there this year, you may have heard of them. Chris Paul, we've talked about him a ton on this podcast because he was in the finals with the Suns. He was a free agent. Kawhi Leonard was a free agent from the Clippers and Kyle Lowry with the Raptors. So Chris Paul is staying with the Suns. He signed a four-year $120 million extension, which is going to take him till, till he's 40. With the Suns. I don't know about that. I don't know. Lowry signed with Xander's boys, the Miami Heat. They did a sign-in trade where Miami's going to send picks and players to Toronto so that they have room to actually sign Lowry under the cap and roster space and all that. And meanwhile, Kawhi Leonard is still out there. He's still a whale out in open waters. They don't know where he's going to go. He might go back to the Clippers. He might not. He declined a player option with the Clippers next season, so he can go anywhere he wants now. And if he doesn't resign with the Clippers, the favorites to sign him, according to the odds makers, I guess, the Knicks, Mavericks, Warriors, and Suns. The Suns, who just went to the finals, but they lost, so they might need to do something. They are all the favorites to sign Kawhi Leonard, who is probably the biggest name out there on NBA Free Agency this year. I mean, he's really good. However, whoa, whoa, whoa. He had that injury back in the playoffs, which he didn't come back from. And apparently, it was an ACL injury, something of that nature. And those are injuries that you do not come back from very quickly. So he's going to be out for some time. And so that might be the issue for a team that signs him and wants to win this year. It'd be a long-term thing. And Kawhi Leonard's still pretty young. For, he's not that young, but he's still young per greatness standards. What the heck does this mean? So, as I've been watching all these, I've really looked at three teams that are making a bunch of moves right now. So last week, the Lakers, the Lakers, who were in the finals, who won the finals last year, but didn't get out of the first round this year, as Xander said would happen, and a lot of you doubted me, and Xander said it would happen. Thank you. What are you implying? They shocked the league. They traded for Russell Westbrook from my Wizards, which I'm sad about. But they brought him home to Southern California, and they created a big three along with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Now, this probably isn't your LeBron Wade Bosch big three, because these players are older. But... It's still a big three. And this week, a lot of people have been talking about the Lakers are going to be an old team. 
because this week they brought in Dwight Howard, Trevor Ariza, Kent Bazemore, all those players are older veterans. But then, Tuesday, they made another big splash. They signed a 37-year-old, and you might know his name, Carmelo Anthony! Who? They got Carmelo Anthony. And then, they brought in Kendrick Nunn, who was with my Heat last year, who was pretty good. And then they re-signed... Horton Tucker, who was on their team last year. Those are two young guys. But the Lakers, yeah, they were in the finals two years ago, but they were riddled with injuries this year. And that's the thing. A lot of people are like, well, you've got Westbrook, LeBron, and AD, but wait until LeBron gets tired and Westbrook gets tired and AD gets injured again. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens with the Lakers, even though they're obnoxious. However, the Lakers did lose someone who... A lot of people thought was really important to their team. They lost guard Alex Caruso, Alex, Alexander, Xander, there you go. Whoa. To a team that also has been making some serious moves. My second team, the Bulls of Chicago. Because Caruso is going to Chicago, the Bulls have agreed to two major signing trades. First, two pretty big players. One with the Spurs for DeMar DeRozan, and the other with the Pelicans for Alonzo Ball. Big baller brand. And the Bulls, I mean, they were pretty bad last year. Let's just say. Original. They've been bad for some time. However, starting to get a little interesting in Chicago right now. Billy Donovan's their head coach, and they already have Zach Levine. Now they've got two pretty good players in DeMar DeRozan and... Lonzo Ball, I mean, we'll see what happens in Chicago. They might be interesting. And then the other team, who of course, I have to include them, is my Miami Heat. But they're making moves. It's true! Because they, as I said earlier, they added Kyle Lowry, who was a top three free agent this offseason. They did the sign and trade with him. So they traded Precious Achua and I believe Goran Dragic who, we'll get to that in a second, Goron the Dragon, we'll get to that in a second, but they added Lowry to a backcourt that's already got Tyler Hero, your young boy, and Duncan Robinson, D-Rob, who is crazy shooter, and he just signed an extension that would make him the largest paid undrafted player ever. No player who went undrafted has been paid this much money. It's a fact. D-Rob. They also added a champion of this year, P.J. Tucker with the Bucks. I mean, that's going to help. They hope it's going to help fill the void that Jay Crowder left a year ago inside next to Bam Adebayo because you could definitely feel that this season for the Heat. And they also signed, they re-signed Jimmy Butler to a max extension for four years. I mean, Miami is trying to win now. It's all in. Hold on. Because Pat Riley, the mastermind behind all this, is in his 70s now. I mean, he doesn't have much time. He's looking for that one last ring. He nation. There we go. But what other moves are out there right now in the NBA? Well, you might have heard of this one. Because the Warriors have been in the middle of a ton of rumors for trades with stars like Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook, all those players for some time now. However, they made another splash. They extended your boy, Chef Steph Curry, to a four-year, $215 million extension deal that's through the 2025-2026 season. This makes 
Steph Curry, the first player in NBA history to sign two deals that are worth at least $200 million. The last year he signed before this was the new, brand new Supermax at the time, which was five years, I believe, for over $200 million. So there you go. Sanders facts. Chef Curry making dough. But there are some other players who don't know what their future is right now, including Dennis Schroeder with the Lakers because he's a free agent. He had, the Lakers offered him a four-year, $84 million extension during the season. And he said, no, thanks. No, no, not. Like what? And now, because the Lakers have made all these moves, they're not going to resign him. And he is not going to get anywhere close to that now on the free agency market. So that was pretty stupid, Dennis. Goodbye. Also, for the Hawks, who were in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, John Collins, he was a big part of their team. He's a restricted free agent, which means that if another team gives him an offer and he likes that offer, the Hawks can match that offer. And if they match that offer, he goes back to Atlanta. Atlanta has offered him five years and $125 million he hasn't taken that. He thinks he's worth more. We'll see. And the Hawks have got a lot of players to play. Apparently, they just played Trey Young, and that wasn't cheap. They've got Clint Capella. They've got a bunch of players they got to play. So we'll see. Plus, as I mentioned, the Heat's Goran Dragic is reportedly no longer a member of the Heat. Apparently, he was sent to Toronto as part of that Lowry-sided trade. Dragon! I know, so sad. However... The Raptors may move him again, and apparently he wants to go to Dallas because he wants to unite with his fellow Slovenian, Luka Doncic. They're playing in the Olympics. Doncic and Dragic. They're playing for the Slovenian national team. What a time to be alive! So there you go. Tons of stuff is going on right now, and it's oh, we're only two days into free agency, and the biggest fish has not yet been caught. The biggest whale. So there's definitely time for more moves to made. But these teams, I mean, they're looking to get their squad set because we're going to start, apparently, it's going to happen. We're going to start the season in mid-October, which I don't like. You hate to see it. But apparently it's going to happen. Whatever. Sanders facts. And that is all we've got this week. There you go. We had politics plus big soccer stuff is going on right now. And the leagues over in Europe actually start in a couple weeks. And that might be interesting for Xander to talk about because August might be a slow month if we don't have a lot of politics. And football doesn't start until the end of the month. And basketball's over. And the Olympics is about to be over. So I don't know what I'm going to do. But we'll see. We've always got stuff to talk about here on the Xander's Facts Podcast. We talked about the Olympics, which are going on right now. And then we talked about the big moves that are going around the NBA because a lot of the teams are going to be a lot different than what you saw last season. And it's going to be exciting. And they're starting in mid-October, which is terrible. I thought it was fine to start in December and end in July, but apparently, no. Because they want to overlap with the NFL as much as possible. That doesn't make any sense! Sanders Facts, that's it. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate you all. Episode 28 is next week. Remember to tune in. And remember, if you like the podcast, if you liked all the facts I just spewed out of my brain, remember, follow Click that follow button. Download. Click that download button on this episode 27. Rate the podcast. Review the podcast. Say all those nice things you like about Xander. And remember, go on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Xander's Facts. That's Xander with a Z. Follow, like, subscribe, 
promote, give me money. I don't even know. And most importantly, remember, most importantly, spread the facts. Xander's facts. Tell all your friends. Xander knows what he's talking about because Xander Shoffley won the gold medal. Even though he didn't say that was going to happen, you knew it was going to happen because he's Xander's boy. There you go. That's it. That is a wrap on episode 27 of the Xander's Facts podcast. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see y'all next week. Dummy.